Off the Ball. Find us on Twitter at Off the Ball. News Talk 106 to 108. With the first pick in the 2018 NFL Draft, the Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Wow. It is Baker Mayfield. From my perspective, he was the number four overall quarterback, right? But I know John Dorsey, and from John Dorsey's perspective, John's got a little swag, and he likes swag. He likes confidence. This kid's a competitor. If you're looking at the plus side of him, you know, he's under 6'1". He finds lanes to throw. He's thick in the chest. He's highly accurate. Playmaker, highly accurate on the move. His character has cut both ways in different buildings with GMs and head coaches I've talked with. Now, when you look at him on the field, there's a lot to like. Trust me, he's an athlete. He might not run 4-5. He's an athletic, competitive kid. He's going to light up the locker room. Yeah, maybe or maybe not. Who knows? Who can tell? It's the crapshoot of the NFL draft, and Baker Mayfield was the number one pick by the Cleveland Browns last night. You heard Rich Eisen first announcing it there with the fake wow, presumably, because everybody for the last two days has known that it's going to be Baker Mayfield. Mike Carlson, good afternoon, good evening to you. You were you were up all night watching this. You weren't that surprised in the end that it was Baker Mayfield, surely? I was a little bit, um, but not so, because since we talked uh, the other morning, then the word was coming out that they liked Mayfield. Up till then, I thought Sam Darnold was going to be their guy. And and the happiest people in the world were the Jets at number three because they then took Sam Darnold, who was the guy they wanted uh, all the time but weren't sure they were going to get. Mike Mayock was the other guy talking. I think when he said that Mayfield's got a lot of swag, he meant swagger. Um, although he will get a lot of swag as well after, after he uh, signs his contract. But... Um, if you look at Hugh Jackson, the coach, who apparently didn't know about this till the last minute, which is one of the really weird sub stories that was going on. Hugh, when he was at Cincinnati, had Andy Dalton and Andy Dalton is similar in some ways to Baker Mayfield, undersized. Mayfield's got a better arm, I think, than Andy Dalton. And, uh, you know, you just wonder if Hugh was going to be there as the head coach much longer or if Todd Haley, who they brought in to be the offensive coordinator, um, will become head coach. And Haley came from Pittsburgh, and everybody says, oh, Pittsburgh, it's Ben Roethlisberger, and throw the ball way downfield. But Haley and Roethlisberger had this huge feud about three years ago because Haley wanted to play more of a short passing dink and dunk game, but that isn't Ben's game. And so um, I think that would be a pretty good fit for Mayfield as well. Is that, is that Mayfield's game, that he is a short, accurate thrower? Yeah, very accurate. That's the big, the one thing that stands out when you look at him in and the the offenses they play in the in the Big Twelve and the defenses they face often leave receivers pretty wide open. Um, you know, they're not it's not difficult, but he's always hitting the receivers in stride, putting the ball in the place where where you need to put it, and that's one of the big differences with passers. You know, there are some guys who have big arms and can throw the ball really hard, but but placing the ball, I think is more important than, than pure arm strength. The Browns actually have a fantastic offense and they're looking for the quarterback to help it ignite. That's one theory. If you look at the, the additions that they've made, uh, Carlos Hyde added to Duke Johnson is now a complimentary backfield where you've got a thumper for the first two downs and somebody you can actually uh, you can throw it to and run routes so Duke Johnson can actually be on the field the whole time. The signing of Landry now makes a whole heap of sense because he is that kind of short, intermediate um, target for somebody who can throw that ball accurately 
And if Josh Gordon can be anything like the previous Josh Gordon, then they've got one of the most transcendent talents on the outside in the whole NFL. So all of a sudden, this is a genuinely exciting attack. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think you've got it absolutely right. When they signed Carlos Hyde, that kind of said to me they weren't going to go after Saquon Barkley, who was probably the best pure talent at running back in, in the draft. Um, and they also had the fourth pick, and they surprised people there um, by by taking a corner, Ward, out of Ohio State, rather than Bradley Chubb, the, the pass rushing end, where they already have Miles Garrett. But end and cornerback on defense are kind of complementary. You know, you need a cover corner who can cover man-to-man in order to give yourself, give yourself the opportunity to blitz extra defenders. And if you have that, it makes your defensive line better. So I think they take a little bit of a chance there, but that was the obviously the position they wanted to fill, and Ward was the best guy at that position in the draft. I, I wonder if there's a, a slight shift in terms of the importance of pass rush versus the importance of corners. Obviously, the pass rush tends to be on the field more often and can have more of an impact over the course of a game, you know, at least on the face of it. And yet, when you think about it, if you've got good corners, then the quarterback has to hold the ball for that little bit longer, and suddenly, a mediocre pass rush is actually a good pass rush. That's that's why I said they're complementary. You know, ideally, you have both. You think of what Denver did when they had that great pass rush and went to the Super Bowl, and they had three really excellent corners. So that extra that extra split second that the quarterback has to wait help helps that pass rush. And the other thing that's happened, of course, is that NFL teams play most of the game now in what they used to call a sub package, which means more than four defensive backs. So you really need to have three corners. Or you need to have three safeties, one of whom can play as the slot or nickel as the nickel corner um, in order to be able to cover the offenses you're facing now, which is why um, I thought Minka Fitzpatrick, who who fell down to 11 to Miami, was one of the best picks in the draft. Um, Just love him. Love him as a player. But he's able to do all of those things. He could help you out at any of those positions and allow you to keep five defensive backs on the field all the time. We did get five quarterbacks going in the first round and uh, I don't know if it's the first time ever but certainly a Heisman Trophy winner went first and a Heisman Trophy winner went 32nd. The pick of Lamar Jackson to the Baltimore Ravens was one of the other most interesting picks of the night particularly given that there were two opportunities for uh, the New England Patriots to pick him and both times they declined. What happened there? I think I... Yeah, I think I said the other day that I wasn't convinced New England wanted to take a quarterback at that point. I think it would have been fascinating if they had, um, which says to me that they're expecting Tom Brady to probably play at least two seasons. Um, and they don't want to get into another Jimmy Garoppolo situation, maybe um, with, with, with the guy. But they also had other needs and. They filled the main one of those with their first pick, with Isaiah Wynn, who I believe will play tackle for them, at least immediately. And then with the second one, I expected them to trade that one, trade out of that one. But I think Baltimore didn't want to trade with New England. They preferred to trade with Philadelphia to move back in. And I loved what the Ravens did because Jackson, the NFL is 
to an extent stuck in a mind an old fashioned mindset and there's a lot of groupthink that goes on. So as soon as people started questioning Lamar Jackson, does he have the talent or the skills to be a quarterback? Maybe he needs to be a wide receiver. And even if you ignore the subtext of black quarterbacks, which I you know, I think at this stage in our lives we should be able to ignore the group think I started to take over among, among a lot of teams. And, and the same thing applied with Josh Rosen, um, who fell. I mean, he didn't fall far, but he went, went down to 10 because as soon as people started saying, oh, well, he's a smart kid, uh, you know, he's got other interests besides football, he's too intelligent for the game, that kind of stuff. Teams, I think, started shying off of him. And, and in both cases, Jackson and Rosen, I, I see no reason why they should have. Uh, you know, the talent is obviously there. And I think I said on the, the other day when I was here, it's up to the coaches to bring that talent out. Yeah, it almost seems like despite the fact that we have a number one pick in Baker Mayfield and a number 32 pick in Lamar Jackson, it's hard to tell which of them is most likely to be successful. Yeah, ab absolutely. And um, one of the things is neither guy has to step in and play immediately. And in fact, in the case of Jackson, you wouldn't expect him to have to play this season unless Joe Flacco were to get hurt. And interestingly, they signed Robert Griffin, RG3, you know, last month um, as a backup. And a couple of people have pointed out if he knew they were going to draft Lamar Jackson, he probably would have signed as a backup. But the possibility exists that they could get out from under Joe Flacco's contract, and then they would have Robert Griffin and Lamar Jackson as their two quarterbacks, relatively similar styles, both very different to Joe Flacco. And it would make a great fit if they could keep both guys happy um, and on the team at the same time. I, like I said, I love what they did. I think you're absolutely right. The, the difference between these five guys was simply that were taken in the, in the first round was simply in the perceptions of the buyers. Um, and everybody had their own, their own ideas to what, what they wanted and what was the fit for them. But none of them are a, a lock, a sure lock. And I think all of them have enough talent to succeed, except maybe for Ryan Allen, who I think has a, an uphill struggle in, in Buffalo. I'm a little bit surprised that they that there was some slippage in, in the case of um, the, the final two who did go in the 10th and 32nd position, given the massive rewards that those people who risked taking quarterbacks last year in the first round ended up getting in terms of the Mahomes and Watson, as we spoke about the other day. It, it actually wasn't as explosive a draft or a first round of the draft in the end as perhaps we had anticipated. It's funny because I was wondering about quarterback panic, say. Everybody says, oh, we've got to get a quarterback. But when you looked at the teams who needed quarterbacks, they all had somebody in place who could at least get them through the year. You know, they'd all gone out and, and signed people. And then you had um, a few other teams that might want to upgrade, like Baltimore with Joe Flacco and Miami with Tannehill. If Rosen had been there at 11, I think Miami would have taken Rosen. Uh, without any hesitation at all. Uh, Jacksonville, maybe with Blake Bortles. And then you have the teams with the old quarterbacks like Eli Manning and Tom Brady who need a replace, you know, a long-term replacement. So there, there were teams with a need, but, but nobody's need was, was that, that auto, that totally pressing so that they had to panic and, and go up. And I think Arizona 
that move to 10 to get Rosen was a very smart move for them. And because not only because I think he'll be very good um, I, and uh, Bruce Arians is no longer coaching there. So he may survive uh, in the new system where Arians tends to light, let his quarterbacks get hit a lot, but also because they've got Sam Bradford who will, is highly unlikely to play an entire season without getting hurt. And, and then they've got uh, Glennon as his backup. And, and we already know that, you know, Rosen, I think, is a more talented guy than Glennon. Yeah, poor Mike Lennon must hate draft day at this point. The NFC West is clearly where it's at. It's got like uh, four teams with proper quarterbacks. Not many divisions yeah. can actually say that. Yeah, La- and Jimmy G has never lost a game. Yeah, and, and hopefully never does. Last question for you. Uh, who were the big winners then overall after the, the first round of the draft? I mean, is the is the grade for the Browns good enough for them to say, yeah, we won the day? Or is there just that little bit of doubt about them? I think there's a bit of more than a little bit of doubt about them. And I think there's a bit of doubt about the Giants with with Barkley. Um, I heard Dave Gettleman say running backs are great and, and you know, they'll, they'll last a long time. Jonathan Stewart's still as good as he ever was. They just signed Jonathan Stewart. If he, he's that good, why do they need <laughs> Saquon Barkley? I mean, he's a great player and, and I, I'm not putting him down the team. There are a couple of teams that I thought, you know, just did really well by sitting where they were, like like Chicago, say, Um and uh, p- picking up um, Raquan, um, w- w- Raquan, <laughs> uh, yeah, the line, the linebacker yeah. from Georgia, who's, who's just tremendous, tremendous player. Um, and um, Dallas picked up Vanderash, um, who's a kind of like um, he he's more he's more of a, a big middle linebacker type, but very very mobile. Um, and like the Chicago guy, Tampa moving down um, and then taking Vita Via, who's the monstrous defensive tackle from Washington, from Washington University, who the Redskins coveted um, with the next pick in the draft. And San Diego, because Tampa went for the tackle, which I, which was a great move, um, San Diego then picked up the, the kind of banging, uh, banging safety that they really needed. Um, and uh, so I think those those teams really benefited. And it's hard to fault Baltimore for what they did. Um, and, and Philadelphia came out with a couple of great picks yeah. from the Ravens. Yeah. So uh, it's one of those rare situations where almost everybody, apart from the Browns, is a winner. Well, yeah, I'll tell you one thing. If you took a poll of the 32 teams, every, apart from the ones who didn't have a pick, everybody would have said that they're winners. You know, yeah, we got the guys that we wanted. You know, we're looking good. And, and they'll say the same thing after uh, the third day is through on Saturday. That's why it's one of the best things in world sport. Mike, great stuff. Enjoy the rest of the weekend. Thanks, man. Oh, thanks, Jer. You too. Off the Ball. Find us on Twitter at Off the Ball. News Talk 106 to 108.